Hello and welcome to Witness to Hope. I'm Tim Potter. And I'm Stephanie Potter. Today is April 29th, I think, and this is our third installment of our revamped podcast. So, what are we going to talk about this week? Yeah, you know what? Right after the last episode, we sort of talked about maybe not talking about um, current events. Not that we won't talk about them again, but it's just, it's pretty heavy. Um, and I was maybe thinking about something I could get mad about. That would be fun, because I'm full of big mad feelings. So we're going to talk about our personal lives a little bit, are we? No. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, I was thinking a little bit, and I guess this is a little bit current event related, but a lot of us are, by choice or not, uh, home right now, uh, because of social distancing and other requirements uh, related to the coronavirus. And one thing I've noticed, and I'm seeing it come out on social media, and I know in my own life, uh, this is a thing. We have a lot more time, right? We're commuting less, which sounds great and is objectively great, but it means we have more time to think. Now, normally, I'm a big fan of thinking. I try to do it as much as possible. But when you're stuck at home without a lot of social interaction outside of your own family, um, a lot of just, you know, thinking about stuff other than your own life, you tend to focus on things. So I've been hearing increasingly people sort of rehashing their entire lives. Like my boss and I used to joke, oh, who's the type of person who wakes up at three in the morning and rehashes every decision we've ever made? Turns out it used to just be like me and other fellow crazy people. But now everyone's doing it and we're doing it all day. So I guess what we wanted to talk about today was the effect of sin and how we still feel the scar um, of sin right now and, and maybe how we can cope with that. I'm, I'm not that I necessarily have the answers because I am not Jesus, um, but just a, an opportunity to talk really openly about the reality of something a lot of people are facing. Yeah, no, I, I like it. Uh, not that I like that we need to talk about, uh, <laughs> I guess, going through our thoughts, um, you know, all the negative things that happened in our lives. But you, you're absolutely right. You know, I have I think I've been open about this, you know, obviously with you, but uh, with our audience of listeners, um, how I've struggled with mental illness and I, I've said to you before that um, being alone with my thoughts is sometimes one of the scariest things. And right now, because we don't have a routine, we don't have, you know, a, a regular schedule for anything, um, our, our thoughts are, are traveling a lot faster and a lot further than we are these days. So, like, even our, our time for, for worship is... Uh, completely different Mm -hmm. and it's it's in a place that a lot of us you know I can talk about our house we don't really have a spiritual place in our house we have spiritual things in our house but we don't have like a place like some people have a special room like a chapel type space we used to have a like a space dedicated like a prayer corner but there were seven children I was tired of having things get destroyed It'd be really nice not to have corners in this house because then we wouldn't get backed into them. (laughs) No, but seriously. (laughs) 
No, it, it, but in reality, like, you know, you hear a lot about people being triggered or trigger warnings. And I know some people really hate that expression, but I think it's really apt. Um, while we're home, alone, self-isolating, some of us are entirely on our own or we have just one roommate or something. Um, and I feel like a lot of us are, are experiencing a real dark night of the soul, right? The things that wouldn't have been a trigger before... Um, because our only stimulus is repetitive stimulus in our house. Um, it just seems to accelerate how quickly we get upset about things or accelerate how we think about things. Um, and that sort of uh, spiral negative th- feeling can really get out of hand. And I'm not a therapist, a psychologist, a psychotherapist, any of that stuff. I'm just a person who deals with uh, negative feelings um, like... I th- I'd like to think everyone does. Sometimes nobody is like happy, joy, joy all the time. And I know you do too, Tim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, the things that I struggle with, um, a, a lot of them are just, I, I like to think they're more like self-confidence and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. when I started digging deeper, I realized that a lot of it was rooted in my spiritual life. Mm-hmm. And when that relationship was a lot weaker, I found that, overall I was a lot weaker and so when I wasn't healthy enough to you know drive you guys to mass or you know do various different things I wasn't I wasn't fed the way that I needed to be fed Mm -hmm. so we're all kind of dealing with our own version of that right now like our kids are you are and and I am but in a completely different way that we can't just you know justify you know if I was sick at least we'd be able to say, Tim's sick. It makes sense why we're home. Mm-hmm. But none of us are sick right now. And we're trying to listen to the government, to the doctors, to everyone who is telling us, you know, we'll beat this if we just do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And so we're doing X, Y, and Z, but we are in the same process, kind of losing our minds. So I think for us as Christians, as Catholics, we are called to that community, even if it's an online community, Mm -hmm. uh, to, to get stronger because, you know, on Sundays or during ministry meetings and, and, you know, youth groups and stuff like that, we would have time to, you know, put our phones away and, you know, focus on our faith, this thing that brings us together, but we feel so isolated, not just in our own homes, but am I the only one that is missing Jesus right now? (laughs) You know, am I the only one that is feeling left out? If I go for groceries and I drive past the church, am I going to see all the other cars there? Am I the only one that's missing this? Mm-hmm. And so I think to, to feel like we're not alone is the first step. And then to get past that we're not alone, we're all in this together even though we are physically alone. I don't know if that makes sense, but... No, I do. I do. You know what? It's like one of the things that I think causes me to spiral is to some extent, even though I'm in a house with eight other people, I don't have a lot of occasion to think outside of myself and interrupt the sort of sphere of my influence, right? So normally, uh, if I was having a moment where I wasn't feeling so great, one of my go-tos actually was to either go on a date with you to sort of... The change of space, the change of atmosphere helped sort of interrupt negative thinking or just feelings, feelings of feeling sour. 
Also, I'd go out with my best friend, Sarah. Like, that was a real positive to us. And, and oftentimes, she and I would just, like, go to movies and, like, just hang out and vent a little bit. And it was a great time. But right now, we don't have the opportunity to do that. There's there's nothing outside of the house. Like, I was saying to you the other day, the most I get out of the house is our weekly grocery, or no, uh, bi-weekly grocery run. And then sometimes I'll go out one other time in the intervening week because there's a prescription to pick up and whatever, and, and the prescriptions are limited in how much they can give you at once. So sometimes the schedule is that I have to go out in a different week. Um... Yeah, so, but even that, that doesn't feel like a break because the world outside is not positive. You know, I, people yeah. are wonderful and, and we're taking care of each other and I so appreciate that. But there's something for me about seeing everyone wearing gloves, everyone wearing masks. Uh, you know, in our province, it's really unusual that we're not like chatty chatting in the halls and in, in the mm-hmm. aisles with people in the superstore. Um, and, and we're all avoiding each other. So even when we get out of our bubble right now, the bubble kind of comes with us. And if someone interferes with our bubble, we get mad because they're making us unsafe. Yeah. And, and I, I think that, that isn't just about social isolating that, Mm -hmm. that also kind of comes with our, our, uh, I guess the, the distance we're feeling from our, our community of faith too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so so much so that if we get together because we're missing it so much, not that we have, but if we were to get together, mm-hmm. it would be wrong and we would know that it's wrong. So there's this desire to be together, even though we know that it's not the healthiest thing. It's not. So it's, it's a difficult thing to, to feel that we know that it's for our souls, for our, for everything inside of us. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of our physical bodies, it's exactly what we need. We need that that relationship with Christ. But right now, we can't have that physical relationship with the community because of this virus. And we have to accept that. It's a sacrifice that we're making for the health and safety of others. I mean, besides the obvious, very like you know, well, just the obvious way of putting it, like, our community has a population of people who would be vulnerable, people who have compromised immunities, people who are in some way vulnerable because of uh, infirmity. And so you look and go, like, this is the right and just thing to do for my community, um, even though my my strongest desire is, of course, to be with them. But, you know, it's it's an important sacrifice that we're all making together. But, you know, like you've been saying... It's not like we have to sacrifice our community to the virus. We don't have to do that. Um, quite importantly, like our church, like every other church probably in North America, live streams every Sunday on our Facebook page, the St. Mm-hmm. Benedict Parish fa- Facebook page, and live stream in other places. But it's cute. Everyone gets in the chat. We're all talking to each other. And there's some people that when I see their name pop up in the chat, I get so excited um, because that feeling of connecting uh, together for the purpose of worship with my church family means so much to me. Like that's the closest I get to getting outside my bubble is, is church on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Because our, our church, while it's in our community or our like parish building is in our, Mm -hmm. is in our community. Um, it's completely different. It's, I, I don't know. It's in, it's such a, a family outside of our family unit mm-hmm. and it's it's hard to explain if you haven't experienced it 
but anyone who has experienced it knows exactly what I'm talking about. That's right. And so to be missing it physically, to be missing the hugs and the waves and the smiles and everything, it's hard. It's heart-wrenching. Mm-hmm. But we know it's the right thing. That's right. But this whole conversation mm-hmm. was <laughs> talking about how our um, our time alone or our time in isolation has led us to thoughts of, you know, like our past or the, the sins that weigh us down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So where were you headed with that? Um, so, yeah, there's there's the things where we obsess about our actions and our sins and our continuing feeling that Jesus hasn't saved us from that. Um, or the, the after effects of sin to some extent, because I believe that once we confess that to the Lord, it's gone. Um, you know, that, that sin no longer has hold on us. It's the devil's lie that makes us think that that sin still has hold. But the other side of it too, and I'm seeing this come out a lot on, um, Twitter is particularly women, younger women and older women sort of, um, having a lot of triggers for trauma. So, uh, you know, as much as I'm sitting up in the morning thinking about the one time that I said a very stupid thing at a committee meeting at the University of King's College where I said something like just remarkably dumb, I still think about that. Uh, there, there are women that I know and that I love that, you know, they're thinking when I get out of quarantine, you know, I want to get married, I want to have kids, and they, and they spiral back to think about past trauma of, of a variety of sorts. Um, and so that's, that's really tough too, when you don't have any, um, fresh air away from those negative thoughts. Um, like for example, you know, like, so the stuff I'm thinking about is definitely stuff I've done, but the trauma is stuff that's happened to me. So you sort of, we're carrying, all of us have some trauma. So we're carrying those two bags with us all the time. Um, and so, you know, what do we do? How do we cope with that? Obviously, we've talked about our church community and how important that is. Um, but yeah, how do we how do we cope with all of those things that are uh, crowding our head, right? Um, that the, the devil's very much, it feels like he's pushing all those things to the forefront to distract us from the kingdom work that we're called to in this space, not just to protect each other, but there's ministries and missions that we're called to Um, right here, right now, even digitally. Like, the devil wants us to be distracted from those things and to obsess, right? So, I mean, you've been hinting at it for probably a few minutes now. The answer to all of that is is obviously Jesus. It is. Absolutely it is. And, I mean, I I know some of the things you're referencing, and I know we don't want to talk too deep or go too deep into it, but um, something that we have to to put out there is that things that have happened to you, no matter what that is, you, you are loved Mm -hmm. by, by God and any, and you are worth love. You are worth being loved. Does Mm -hmm. that mean? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Because people who've experienced trauma get obsessed with the feeling of unworthiness. Did I, or even there's two different ways of thinking. Like, did I make this happen to myself? No, you didn't. Um, and then regardless of that, what happens next? Who can love me with the trauma that I have yeah. in my life? I heard someone say 
I've heard lots of people say it, but somebody said that they were afraid they would never be able to get married because of some trauma that they had experienced um, because they thought someone would view them as damaged goods. And as... And and I know the uh, the situation you're talking about, so mm-hmm. we're not going to say any more other than the fact that I can't believe someone would feel that way. That And I, I hope that a little bit of what I'm saying can reach mm-hmm. a lot of the, the, the men out there. Um, just, we have to be who St. Joseph was to Our Lady and to Our Lord. Mm-hmm. We have to understand as men that we may not understand everything, but we have to love with, with everything. Mm-hmm. And if we are St. Joseph to the people that we love, then we could quietly lead people to heaven. And that's what we're called as men to do. And, you know, our, our job in, uh, on this earth is to bring a busload of people to heaven. Mm-hmm. And if, uh, you know, if we are St. Joseph to those people that need him, then we, we will bring a busload home. Mm-hmm. It's a good example, right, to, to, to set for other people. And it's really important if you're a person who's in that space of either gender, um, it's really important for you to hear that you are not what's happened to you. Um, you, you are not your experiences. And even, you know, people with uh, mental illnesses and other other physical disabilities and sicknesses, you know, you're, you're not those things. They're part of your experience and part of your life. Um, but it's like uh, in the Bible when they talk about um, gold that's tested in fire. This was the image that mm. came to my mind. Um, gold that's tested in fire is, is gold from which all of the impurities are burned out. And what's left is the purest, most beautiful of gold. So if you're a person who has been through the crucible of life, um, and I know we all have, mm-hmm. like, you're gold that was tested in fire. Uh, and, and I want that in, in my life. I want to know people like that. People who have seen the fire and walked out. Uh, and if you're struggling right now and still in a place of trauma, um, first of all, seek help. Seek help. Because you deserve to have someone to hold your hand while you're in the fire. And, and know that you're, you're not alone. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're not the, the first person to feel this way Mm -hmm. Uh, I know that again to go back to when I was really being diagnosed with depression that there were people telling me oh you'll get through it it's fine you'll the light at the end of the tunnel will be lit and Mm -hmm. it's the last thing I needed or I wanted to hear but it's what I needed to hear Mm -hmm. and um I didn't believe it at first because when when you're knee deep in the mud you never think you're going to get out Mm -hmm. but how much sweeter and how much brighter that light is when you realize there's a bunch of people there helping you get out of the mud and how great it is the party that's at the end and you know and that's what it's like for us in in our faith community um Mm. you know whether you feel beat and broken and full of shame and sin i mean we're, we're all not perfect but we are created by someone who gave his life mm-hmm. so that we could feel the forgiveness, the love that only he can give. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's, it sounds, it sounds crazy. 
It really does. But not if you've lived it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I think the whole reason that you and I want to talk about this tonight is um, that, yeah, it does sound crazy. <laughs> but in the midst of this crazy time, because this is a time that we've never experienced, mm-hmm. it it might be time to start talking about things that aren't as crazy to us. You know, our, our faith is something that has led us to some pretty concrete things in our lives. You know, the love that we have for each other, the love for our kids, the community we have, our mm-hmm. family and friends. It's, you know, it's not coincidence anymore. No. And talking about these people that feel like they're not worthy of love and then I look in the mirror and I say well neither am I Mm -hmm. but here I am and you know people love me God loves me yeah God God loved us even when we were in our sin that's what the scripture tells us um so this is like one of those times and just to kind of bring it back to what we've been talking about so far if you're sitting in quarantine and you are struggling if you're struggling with the past if you're wrestling with the past um god has been yours since the moment of your creation god is with you now and god will be with you forever um surrender that past to god um, he, he wants to take on your burdens. He wants to bear those burdens with you. Um, and he wants to give you, uh, a sense of his joy and his hope, uh, the promise of the kingdom. Uh, so that's what I was thinking of. Cause there's been a couple times, like, I don't, I don't even know how long we've been in quarantine or whatever self social distancing. There's so many different words for it. All of them terrible. Um, I've lost count of the weeks. And in those weeks, there's been lots of times where I've just felt so overwhelmed um, by the weight of my past sin that I know the Lord has forgiven. My very current sin of like being a caged animal and acting like it. Um, And, you know, just sort of you know, past trauma and and how we cope with that, how I cope with that. So one of the things I've been doing, one of the things I've been doing to sort of help center myself is, it's such a small thing. It's such a small thing. But for the Catholics in the room, we just had Divine Mercy Sunday, right? So I have been just praying one of the prayers from the Divine Mercy Chaplet um, when I'm just feeling so overwhelmed out loud in my head, however, in the moment. But uh, for the sake of your sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. A sort of reminder that Jesus died um, for all of this uh, on purpose, not not by accident. He did it on purpose mm-hmm. um, because he loved me and because he loved the world. So I, I know I'm going to end up stretching this a little bit longer, but I, the things that I've been struggling with the most is, is um, I guess, watching you work full time uh, and helping the kids out while I'm still having my my usual like sick days. You can't see my air quotes. they're there my my sick days so um again for those that don't know i'm on uh sorry i had to open a bottle disability uh for various different complications from from type 1 diabetes and so there are days that i i need to rest and there are Mm -hmm. days that i need to to just uh recharge i guess Mm -hmm. to to use to use that term um and 
so there are days that I feel horrible that I'm watching you work and take care, help, well, primarily take care of the kids. They're mostly taking and, care of themselves, just to be clear. They're but great little savages. But I know that in a sense, and, you know, bear with me for putting words in your mouth, but this, this time of quarantine is actually... Um, a time of grace because I'm actually able to get the rest that I need in these days. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, sometimes for me, and I'm not saying for everybody else, but for me, it's, it's about perspective. And mm -hmm. I know father Alex said this a couple weeks ago, um, a couple weeks ago or just this past week. Again, time means nothing. Know. It was social a, distancing. It was a day and it was Sunday, mm -hmm. a Sunday. Anyway, sometime between the before and the now. <laughs> anyway, uh, but my my perspective on life is is different because of my faith and uh, being able to to just yes, I, I have those weak moments where I'm just angry and I I look at all the bad things and the the things that I feel are bad, but. All in all, I, I'm very blessed. I'm very, very well taken care of. Mm -hmm. And a shout out to Father Alex for his rhymy little memory that memorized it's not memory verse because it's not from the Bible. It's just from Father Alex. Uh, a defective perspective needs a perspective corrective. A defective perspective needs a perspective corrective. Uh, and I think that was very much, that was just this past weekend. Ah, um, I, I think the perspective corrective that we needed right now, um, I needed, I shouldn't say we, like I own the room here. Um, but yeah, my defective perspective was very much about um, my own self and the sort of daisy chain of thoughts that leads me away from seeing God as my savior and down into thinking that I'm still in the mud. Mm. I've not been in the mud for a long time. Um, you know, there's still times when I get my boots dirty, but I haven't been in the mud in a long time, but the devil wants to trick me into keeping my head down. So I don't look up and see, um, Jesus and I don't see his cross that has saved me. Um, so I'm really, I, I'm so grateful for that word from, from father Alex. And I'm grateful that we have the chance to share that with you too. Even if he just drives his toad on Mario Kart. I know. I don't know what to think. I mean, it's a solid choice for a Mario Kart character, but I sort of saw him more as like a Yoshi. He's fast, sprightly, he can throw eggs at people. Isn't that what we all want? <laughs> You're making such a weird face at me, but it's true. I really didn't know where this comment was <laughs> Like, really chaotic energy for the podcast today. Like, super serious, talking about trauma. But at the end, like, just a little side diss to our priest, who has terrible, terrible taste in Mario Kart characters. To bring it all back together, we, we realize that we are alone with our thoughts during this, this dark time. And it's only dark because we don't know. We have really no idea how long we're going to be isolated from our communities from from everyone else our basic message is that you are loved and that you should turn to the lord 
And even when that seems hard and and dark and like it just doesn't feel like the right thing to do, just try. You know, we're there with you. We we are praying with you. We are walking with you. So please don't ever feel alone and like you're like anything is your fault that you are a victim that you aren't worthy of God's love or anyone else's love because you are and despite what anyone else may have told you you are wonderful and you deserve the love that is meant and was created for you that's right you are gold that was tested in fire so we want to thank you for joining us this week um, on this journey. Uh, and we look forward to seeing you guys again next week. If you have any suggestions for topics you'd like to, us to talk about, uh, please post it in the comments. Uh, if not, I'm sure we'll find uh, something more zany to talk about next week. Sounds good. All right. Bless you guys. Have a good week.